0: for a little over nine years um, and um, just passed away this last Tuesday. Um, For the um, reception after the funeral, if you'd help Char out, she still needs 10 cakes or whatever. And there's a sign up in the back. Uh, We also have a little display back there it's a good time to buy school supplies. If you're interested in helping kids in Malawi um, and want to pick up some extras in this season, get them to us. We'll make sure that they get that direction. Um, in, in regard to Bill, um, I, I just want to acknowledge that a lot of prayer went out through this church and the community over the last nine years. I mean, incredible how much... Um, Energy, so to speak, put into that, and always we were asking God, "Would you please heal him?" And uh, I, when he passed, I during the night I was reminded of a story of David praying for his child that, that had been spoken that the child would die, and he. Uh, it says when the child died, he washed himself, put on lotion. In other words, he, he took care of his outward and made himself presentable again to himself and others, and then he went and worshiped. And in some ways, almost for me, it was like, okay, God's sovereign choice has been made. Now it's almost like I pay attention to what's around me and I go worship. I mean, that's we, we walk on. I, was, uh, I liked Heather's insight in regard to um, Peter and James James was beheaded, and within the same period of time, Peter is miraculously released from jail. An angel comes in and opens the door. Well, how come James was beheaded and Peter gets off free with a miracle? Don't know. That was God's choice. You know? And ultimately, there are dynamics that way that are in his hands. And we don't have the control over that. But I just, I'm grateful to the Lord just to, he lived his life well. He affected hundreds of people. Uh, somebody this morning told me, he said, I wasn't sure who that was. And then <laughs> then I saw the picture, oh, Mr. Shaw from the school, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he definitely deeply affected a lot of people. So. We walk through that, we grieve, We rejoice that Lucy's getting better, you know, we, we continue to pray for Yvonne, uh, wh- who seems to be, her days are near the end, uh, we just don't know, but we, we, con- we continue to thank our good God, who walks us through life, <laughs> and continues to intervene on our behalf, um, so just, we'll keep that in mind. I'm going to go to the book of Philippians. I understand um, two of the Bakken family are here, uh, Lorraine and, and Gordon. These, these guys' dad pastored here for 29 years, so that's a long span. So they definitely had a powerful impact on this congregation. So we, just, we thank you again for that. Philippians 1, if you would. This is an up book, remember? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And yet, he's sitting in jail as he writes it, which is astounding to me, that his personal circumstances aren't particularly good. But um, in that moment, he's, he's not bemoaning anything. He's still dialed in and saying, God's good in my life. So the greeting is similar to most of his, grace and peace from our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, if you wish that on, on me, I'll take that anytime. Uh, grace and peace are two things that I, I desire for my life. Um, and so, you know, what a way to coin things and, and wish that upon people, right? When we think of them, if you can't think of anything else, just wish grace and peace for their lives. If nothing else comes to mind, just grace and peace, that works, uh, for me anyway. Uh, I'm going to use most of this through the contemporary English version. It's more of a paraphrase, but again, some of the things that come out I was happy with, and so that's why I chose it. Um, Let's look at verse 3 and 4. Every time I think of you, I thank my God, and whenever I mention you in my prayers, it makes me happy. So, (laughs) again how many of our prayer lives are directed that direction? You know, regularly when I'm thinking of somebody that's messing up, I pray for them. Or when I'm upset, I pray about people. But to make it the attitude of life that that has this understanding in the Lord that says, I am so grateful for this person in the Lord. Every time I think of him, it makes me happy just thinking about it. I'm going, that's an attitude to emulate, right? It's, 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 an, it's an awareness of saying, there's a reason this guy was special, and there's a reason that this guy wrote as much scripture as he did. He had a relationship with God that is worth following. And so, again, when, we, when we're thinking of others, it, it's a good practice even to say, well, if I can't think about so-and-so, that at least may, bring someone to mind that I can be happy about and just thankful for their lives. And to, to just start cultivating that within ourselves and saying, this is, this is God's attitude. And this is what he's done in, in his saints that are pursuing him. And so I want that too. I want to carry an attitude in the Lord that thanks God for others. He says, This is because you've taken part with me in spreading the good news from the first day since you heard about it. And so he says, We're linked together in that we're in a common task with each other. And throughout this first chapter, he spends a lot of energy recognizing the work of the Lord in getting the gospel to the lost and, and taking. The message of God to others. And so again, he, he's taking this idea that uh, part of the significant calling when we come to Christ of what we're, how we're to respond is to be taking this message to others. And so if you want to write down, you know, as far as what are, what are part of the, what's the role that I have as a believer, one of the roles involved is this idea of taking his message to the lost. And so we don't escape that. In fact, he says later, we'll we'll do this until Christ comes. And so he hasn't returned yet, and so it's still part of the job. And that's what we're called to as a people, and that's what Paul had dedicated himself. And he's giving thanks to the Philippian believers because he's going, I know you're in this with me. I know this is our, our, our task together. I mean, when Jesus was on earth. You know, he sent out the 12. He also sent out the 72. He gave us the great commission at the end of Matthew, go into all the world, preach the gospel, right? Then he also said to the disciples, he's telling them, tarry in Jerusalem to receive power that you might be my witnesses. You know, so again, it was his drive or his passion that the lost would hear. And then when Paul picks this up, his his initial calling is, you know, you're going to be a messenger to the Gentiles, you know, a light to the Gentiles, and you're going to go through a lot of suffering. That's what, he, that, you know, he, Jesus brings them into relationship, gives them this divine revelation, but in the same breath, he says, this is what I'm calling you to do. And so that's what he's about. He says, God is the one who began this good work in you, I'm certain that he won't stop it before the complete on the day that Jesus Christ returns. So he says, you've been called into this. He started in you, but it is, he's going to bring it into completion. We have that same hope in our lives. We have that same hope in taking the gospel out. I mean, I, I have had this verse come alive to me in other settings where I realize God's faithfulness to provide for me is going to be fulfilled because he has started something in me and I know that he doesn't quit. But at the same time, the primary application that Paul has for this particular verse is the spreading of the gospel. And he says he's going to complete that work in you until the day that Christ returns. Okay, verse 7, you have a special place in my heart, so it's only natural for me to feel this way as I do. All of you have helped me in the work that God has given me as I defend the good news and tell about it here in jail. So again, he's going, you're a part of this, and I'm very grateful for that. When you look around a congregation and you go, well, we worship God together, and we come and we we sing our praise and we pray, that's kind of short-sighted, too, we're also called to present, right? We're called to be witnesses. And so in some ways we're working together to draw others to Christ. That's, that's part of, you know, if we're only looking at it as coming here, meeting with our buds, you know, that's, that's not enough. That's not, it's kind of short-sighted. It, it's, it, it's turning inward. We're really, you know, our our task continues to be to take the gospel outward. He has uh, a prayer in verses 9 and 10, and three things stand out to me. I pray that your love will keep growing, number one. I pray that you'll fully know and understand how to make right choices, number two. And you'll be pure and innocent when Christ returns. What a... (laughs) What a great task list, so to speak, right? That our love might grow, that we might really understand how Christ in us functions, You know, that it defined that we love as Christ's love, that we might grow more and more in, in making right choices, uh, that, we, you know, that our understanding comes, this is the way we ought to live, and we do it. And he says, that we would be innocent and pure when Christ returns. That's, that's worth ch- chasing, that kind of thing. Until that day, Jesus Christ will bring you, keep you busy doing good deeds that, that bring glory and praise to God. So again, it, you're not called to just come in and sit down and chill till Christ returns. He says, he's going to give you things to do, keep you busy until, until he returns. So uh, again, the, the, it's not busy work, but it's tasks that he has in mind that need to be accomplished. And so we call out to the Lord and we say, Lord, give me insight as to what you want me to do as a part of this in the work that you have designed for me from the beginning so that I might accomplish all that you want while I'm living. We call out and ask the Lord for that even in this moment. Dear friends, I want you to know that what has happened to me has helped to spread the good news. So he's saying even these awful circumstances that have taken place where I'm confined in my location, sitting in jail, he says, this is, this is being used for God's purposes. He says, the Roman guards and all the others are, no, I'm here because I serve Christ. Now the Lord's followers have become brave and are fearlessly telling the message. So he's saying, by the, the fact that I'm continuing on in this, that I haven't crumpled under this heat, Others are seeing it, and it's causing a bravery to rise up in them as well. And sometimes we have to acknowledge that the the worst things of our lives are actually a visual for others to see how do we respond. And in this case, for the man sitting in jail that has not diminished his message, whatever, he's saying it's having great impact on all those around. They're seeing what, what I'm about they're becoming brave themselves. Now, he says, some are preaching Christ because they're jealous and envious of us, so that their motives are twisted. Others are preaching because they want to help. They love Christ and know that I'm here to defend the good news about him. But the ones who are jealous of us are not sincere. They just want to cause trouble while I'm in jail. Um, so it, even though he's suffering, he says, there's, there's others that are making it worse with this. But then he goes on to say, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. All that matters is that they're telling about Christ. So he's going, I really don't care if their motives are twisted or not. Their message is important enough that it, it doesn't matter how goofy they are as people. He says, it's, it's good what's getting done because at least they're putting out the word and others are hearing. I guess when we look around, a lot of times we get caught up in evaluation, right? And we, we evaluate how others are doing and what they're doing and why, you know. And sometimes we put too much emphasis on that. You know, it's almost like I hope they fail because I can see through their motives and they aren't pure. Right, you know, it's, what they're they're doing, you know, there's, it's not as good as it can be. And and Paul's gone, what really counts is that Christ is being proclaimed. Leave them alone. You know? Maybe for our own lives. Even if you see it, maybe you pray that God heal that part of their life, but you just say, at least they're doing something. We can... Sometimes, it, sometimes churches want to gather their identity by doing things better than others, right? They want, to, they want to have, you know, we want to have the best music, we want to have the best setting, we want to have the best sermon, we want to have the best, you know. And it's like, why? And, and it has a lot to do with pride. And, and what really, you know, so what if somebody else isn't doing something quite as well? I mean, what if you <laughs> what if you look at our music and say, I can't stand that noise? Well, too bad. Or you look at someone else and go, you call that music? <laughs> Who cares? As long as Christ is going forward and being proclaimed. And I think every congregation would love to do some things better than what they do. But hopefully all are chasing Christ and proclaiming Christ. And as long as that's taking place, we probably ought to celebrate. You know, kind of like him going back to that first part. Every time I think of you, I give thanks. Maybe it ought to be with others the same way. I give thanks every time I think of them because they're doing something doing something for the kingdom. Anyway, I keep being glad because I know that your prayers and help that comes from the Spirit of Christ, Jesus, will keep me safe. Interesting. He says, your prayers are having effect on me. Through the Spirit of God, they are having effect. I honestly expect and hope that I'll never do anything to be ashamed of, whether I live or die. I always want to be brave as I am now and bring honor to Christ. And that's a good declaration for anyone, right? I don't want to do anything that I'd be ashamed of, but I also, I want to bring honor to Christ. I want to be brave. I want to be bold in, in what he asks. If I live, it'll be for Christ. If I die, I will gain even more. So in this setting, he's he's spending a fair amount of time thinking, I I may die. You know, it was... Prison in those times wasn't uh, punitive in the sense of it wasn't to just hold people so they could rehabilitate or whatever. Uh, prison was a holding tank before the, the judgment was made. And so you're either going to be put to death or released, or you're going to be charged a fine. Or, you know, but it, and so he's looking at this, and he knows the potential is to be judged and die. And yet, uh, he says, I'm torn. And I like what one of the commentators, Clark, had said. He says, had I the two conditions left to my own choice, whether to die now or go to glory, or whether to live longer in persecutions and afflictions, glorifying Christ by spreading the gospel, I could not tell which I prefer. He said, I'm just not sure. If, If the choice were up to me, I'm just not sure what I'd choose. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to part and be with Christ. Well, that's far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. So he says, I would love to be with Christ, but I also know that there's a lot of work to get done here that I can do. And he just says, "You know, I'm not sure what it should be. Convinced of this, I know that I'll remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy and a faith so in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Then when I sit with you again, you'll have good reason to take great pride in Christ Jesus because of me. He says, I'm already planning the day when we get back together and we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate what Christ has done in me, through me. Above all else, you must live in the way that brings honor to the good news about Christ and I'll visit you. I know that you are working together and that you're struggling side by side to get others to believe the good news. Be brave when you face your enemies. Your courage will show them that they are going to be destroyed and it will show you that you will be saved. So two parts of this. He says it, it is a declaration to others when you're facing that persecution, but also it is even a declaration to yourself. God will make all of this happen. He has blessed you. Not only do you have faith in Christ, but you suffer for him. You saw me suffer, and you still hear about my troubles, as you must know, and suffer in the same way. So I I read that, and my intent when I was going into it was not necessarily looking at the life of Bill, but I'm realizing there was a lot of, Correlation through this passage and just a, an acknowledgement that um, God chose to take him home at this time. But beyond that, we still have the right to celebrate a life well lived, the example that was set, and to continue to take that for our own inspiration and saying, let's continue forward. So I just want to make uh, one last comment First time that Paul was in Philippi, he got thrown in jail, um, tremendous beating, and then in stocks. And it says about midnight, um, he and Silas were singing songs to the Lord, giving praise. Now this isn't the same jail experience. This is a different one than what we looked at this morning. But um, there was a, an earthquake. He was set free. It was a supernatural thing. People came to the Lord. But um, what he's writing, he's not just blowing smoke. He's already lived it out. They've seen it. And so they know that this is the mindset of this guy. And what I want to encourage you with that is your circumstances might be such that you're looking at things and going, I don't know. I don't know. But others are watching as well. And this might be the very thing that marks you as being unusual in their minds simply because they're seeing a faith that resides even through the turmoil. And, you know, I encourage you, just continue to be brave and strong in the Lord and allow His hand to take you where He will, knowing that it's good. Paul's going, I might die, I might live. It's all good. Well, (laughs) most of us aren't in that situation, but we can still say it's good in the Lord. I want to pray for God's blessing upon you. What remains is open-ended in worship. And I encourage you to stay as long as you will. If you'd like prayer, it's easiest if you come front. But seek out someone you trust, and we'll go from there. May our blessing rest on your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy your steadfast faithfulness in all things. Ask as each one goes into the community that you'll make them brave. Give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural, I ask. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day.